Welcome to the very first ever episode of the Sailing Uncut podcast. Woohoo! All righty, we're just going to get stuck into it because we have found that we like to waffle and just make absolutely no sense. Mostly me. So what we've decided to do is I just have a bunch of questions in topic and topics in front of me and I'm just going to ask them and then either one of us is going to answer and then you can just get to um, relax and follow along. Yeah. Yeah. So... First off the list is Josh. Can you do some top stories? Top stories. So if you are watching this, you'll be able to see that we have new shirts. If you're listening, we have new shirts. Yay. (laughs) So the thing behind the new shirts is that I just really couldn't figure out what I wanted to wear in these videos and while doing the boat renovation. So I thought, hey, we have our logo. Why not just create our own shirts? So then people around us as well can be like, hey, what's that sailing uncut thing? And it also saves time in the mornings because it removes the decision about what to wear. If we have like a uniform... That's oh, it's shirt. so good. It's going to be awesome. And we're just going to have them in different colors. And these ones that we're wearing are just really our test sample, but we're really happy with them. So yeah. I think we're just going to order a bunch. And now we've got a uniform. So cool. So that's actually a really good way to lead into the next thing, which is just wanting to talk about our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel? Yeah, what? we do. So it's, this will be the seventh thing that goes on the YouTube channel. So we have a full week of videos. Mm-hmm. Ex- explain the YouTube channel. Okay, so the YouTube channel is that we are going to be documenting the refit of our boat that we have. We are, and we're going to be doing it every single day. And whose idea was it to do it every single it was day? Mine, and I'm. We're a week in. We've got. We're a week ahead, so we've got two weeks worth of videos, and I'm exhausted. I know. <laughs> and we haven't even done much boat work yet. So and it's we're like... stressing because the podcast needs to get released and is taking a lot longer today than we were expecting. But I think the daily videos are going to be good. I think people are loving it at the moment. We've had such good feedback. So thank you for everyone who's given us feedback because we really, really appreciate that feedback. And yeah, we're daily, we're daily vloggers now. Yes. Yes. So you mentioned our boat. Should we explain about the boat? Yes. Can I tell everyone what it is? Yes. So it's a home-built... It's 50 foot. It's the, the it's it's a Roger Simpson Slipstream 15 is the, the like the model. So Slipstream is the model and 15 is 15 meters, which is about 50 foot. So it's home built, but designed by Roger Simpson, who was a quite a well-known Australian designer. Um, and for some reason, the previous owner has also named the boat Slipstream. Yes. So it's currently named Slipstream, which is the model of the boat. It's like, if, yeah. It's, it's so confusing. So what we've decided to do is once we've finished the refit, then we will be renaming the boat. But we don't. We have a couple of names in mind that we may want, but we're not too sure if they will suit after we, however, we design the boat. So I think we're going to wait until it's all completed and then give her a new name. And so it's... It's a boat that needs a lot of work. It's we we bought it knowing that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really excited to do that work, which is why we have a YouTube channel showing all the work that we're doing. It's not like we're just oh no, it has work to do. It was really interesting when we actually bought the boat. We had half of the people that we know were in the yeah, that's a really good opportunity. Buy it, do it up. That sounds like a great experience. And then the other half were like, no, you guys are absolutely crazy. There is too much work on this boat. It is pretty much a write-off. Don't do it. You're making a really, really bad bad mistake and shouldn't go ahead with it. So we were really torn for a while as to what we should do. But we were like, hey, you know, why not just get it and, and we're having give so us some much love. fun. Like we've only been attacking it for two weeks, but it's just been so much fun just ripping apart this boat and 
Just and, seeing how a boat is made. And being on the hard, there's no life consequences, you know. Like, it's different if you're out in the water. I understand yeah. things can go wrong and it can be really dangerous. But being here, whatever we do, we either will fix it or we'll realize that it's unrepairable and we'll just figure out what to do. But we're super happy with what we're like, what decision yeah. we've made. And just also... I just wanted to highlight again what you were saying about the YouTube channel in relation to just explaining to people really clearly that we do want to only be about seven days ahead. Yes. So some channels on YouTube completely understandably are about a month or two months ahead um, because, you, you know, you need time to edit and, and, and whatnot, but we're going to try our absolute best to only stay seven days ahead of time. So the videos you're watching are a week behind in the past for us and this gets in the whole time travel thing it's not <laughs> <laughs> but what i think one of the main reasons as to why we wanted to do that is so then when we're actually doing different elements of the boat if people look at what we're doing and like hey this is my suggestion or i've done this in the past and it's worked like we really want to get people's feedback and actually do what people are suggesting which is why yeah. we need to stay as real time as possible because we can't just show all the work that we've done and, and then, then ask for people's opinions and then it's a month from now and we're like well we already did really that a different done way. that Sorry. And it's that. completely different. Like we, like we don't know what we're doing. At the end of the day, we are starting as 100% noobs. So as much feedback and advice as possible is going to be really helpful, I think. Absolutely. So I guess that then leads on really well to um, explain who we are. So do you want to give your explanation of who you are and your sailing background? No, you go first. Who are you? Okay, well, so much for me running the podcast. <laughs> I just thought to flip it back. <laughs> All right, so um, my name is Emma, obviously. I am 27 years old. We live in Australia, in Queensland. Southeast Queensland. Yes, and my sailing background is not much, to be honest. Like, uh, growing up, I used to, like, go to sailing school once every year. Shout out to Judy. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, once a year, we would go to Boring Point at Lake Tharabar and just jump in little boats and play around and the lake. And they were little Hobie cats, I think oh, you remember saying. Little I catamarans. I have no idea. The, the biggest memory that I have is us going out there, capsizing, bringing the boat back up, and just doing that, just so many times, but <laughs> that is pretty much my main knowledge of sailing. So and so guess, how old were you when you were doing that? Oh, like just teenager. So essentially as an adult, you've never sailed on a boat. Except for the couple of handful times that we've sailed this boat. I guess the way that I explain to people is I know the theory. I know the fundamentals. I know the terminology. I understand a little bit about the wind, how Can that works. Can you tie works. any knots? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't tie a bowline, can't tie figure eight. I reckon you could do figure eight. That's, I, I mean, we, we, once, that's okay, all figure so once, stuff. Once I learn how to tie some knots, yeah. I know, you know, the fundamentals of sailing and the wind and all of that sort of stuff. So I can figure it out. I'm super confident. And you've got like a, a good 10,000 hours of YouTube under your belt. Yeah. Like you've seen a lot of YouTube. Seen a lot of sailing YouTube. That is pretty much all that Josh and I watch, which is one of the reasons as to why we got ourselves into this mess, because we saw other people and were like, hey, that's how we want to live our life as well. So tell me And so tell, tell people about what your role is in the YouTube channel. Oh, for someone who's bit, not no, meant to be running no, the podcast, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, I'm just making more a More about you. Tell me more about you. I want to okay, hear more so about you. My main role is I actually, at the beginning here, I'm doing a lot of the camera work. I explained it in one of our videos and a lot of the stuff that we're doing right now is demolishing things, is cutting things out, is is just figuring out what is going on. And that is Josh's strength, not mine. So I lately have been doing lots of the filming. I also do probably, I would say, 80% of the editing. I do all the 
rough cuts, get the storyline, do all that sort of thing. And then I pass the rest of the edit on to Josh and he kind of just polishes it off, which hopefully we'll be able to outsource that section of it in the future. I'm really liking doing the rough cut myself at the moment because I can like demonstrate our humor and just figure out that storyline and just wanting to get what our style is. I think it's going to be really important for me to learn that before I then have to pass on to somebody else to get them to do it. And can you do, so how, how are you editing this? Like, did you just Google how to edit? Have you been trained in editing? Like what what did you do before we started? Are you setting yourself up? Oh, before we started the YouTube channel. Yeah. So like, what's your, like when we're talking more about you, what, what do you do? Like if someone asks you, what do you do prior to this YouTube channel thing? What would you say? I ran a company for five years. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the whole. Yeah. It's like, what are you getting at? (laughs) Okay. So I guess just a little bit about me. So I actually, before meeting Josh, I have a social work degree. I actually worked in government for about three years and then I met Josh and then that all is when (laughs) things went completely wrong way and wrong way (laughs) and maybe the right way. Yeah, no, definitely the right way. And our biggest thing in our relationship is that we've never wanted to work nine to five jobs. So we created a company together, but I'm probably not going to talk much about the company in this podcast because I think that that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, So we've been running that company for the last five years. Yeah, almost five. And then we bought this boat about eight months ago and we've been living on it just in Scarborough Marina, not really doing much to it, just working on the company. And now we are up in Redland Bay on the hard, really focusing, trying to get this channel working. So in terms of editing, I have had zero experience. The only experience I've had is Josh teaching me how to edit a couple of YouTube videos that we tried to make a couple of years ago. So the first video on our channel on, on selling on cut was like your, your second or third ever video that you've edited. Yeah. So pretty good. I'm bear pretty with me. They, the edits will get better, but I'm happy with how, how they're going at the moment. So enough about me. Tell me about yourself. My name is Josh. How old are you? I am. Did we say how old you are? Yep. Oh. I said 27. 27. So I'm turning 28 in June this year. So in six months time. So you're mid, mid 27. You're a young spring chicken. Mm-hmm. I'm on the other hand, a very old man. I just turned 29. And when did you turn 29? Christmas Eve. So mm-hmm. like about a week ago. So you're a new 29. I'm a fresh 29. So I've got a whole year left of my twenties, which is all right, I guess, but that's, that's motivation to get this boat done in a year. So anyway, I'm 20, 29. Mm-hmm. Um, I have quite a bit of sailing background compared to Emma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as a kid, probably maybe 10 or 11 till maybe 15 was sailing dinghies. Um, sabos, traveled around sailing sabos, flying 11s, a little bit of 29ers. Um, and then from there, sailing got a bit boring. And then windsurfing was the thing. So we windsurfed for a couple of years um, and then kitesurfing. So basically from maybe 16 through till now, just, I mean, all, all through my early 20s, I was all day, every day at the beach kiting, just in and around the water. So lots of water experience. Um, Dad has a yacht. Um, did quite a few trips with him, uh, quite a few, maybe three or four, 
big bigger trips with him. Um, so yeah, sailing, I can sail. Sailing's easy. This is why Josh is the captain of the boat because he has much well, more I experience. Mean, sailing's easy. Maneuvering a giant fifty foot catamaran, not so easy. No. <laughs> uh, and being in charge, you know, like I'm never like I'm normally just I'm happy to go along for the ride, do what I'm told. Like I just yeah, captaining's it's different. It's a, that's that's another podcast in itself. Anyway, so our plan is to have this refit done before Josh is thirty. So we're yes. expecting to be on the hard for about twelve months, yeah. and we're really going to push it so we can have the boat back in the water in a year from now. Yes, and for everyone who's like, "Oh, it's going to take longer than you think," we think it's going to take six months. We know it's going to take a year. Put it that way. Well, yeah, we were hoping <laughs> we would be back in the water when I was twenty-eight, but now we're pushing it to when Josh is. Yes, the which I understand. Everyone who's listening to this going, oh, you're not old. Yeah, I get it. Okay, we're young, right? Just putting that out there, we're young. So the next topic that I want to discuss, I just need to give a little bit of context. Wait, I didn't tell you about, so editing, I did editing for a while before meeting M. did like any job you can, like in like probably what, 10 different jobs, not a single job. We just, could probably do three podcasts <laughs> on that. <laughs> but I, but one of the main jobs I did was I was I was working with a builder for about four years renovating houses. So quite a bit of building experience. Next topic. So um, just to kind of give context as to how we ended up on the hard, we um, bought the boat, we delivered it to Scarborough Marina, and then we were there for living on it for about six months, would you say? Uh, six or seven, yeah. Yeah, six or seven months. And then what we had planned to do was take the boat out for a month, cruise around Moreton Bay, have the time of our lives, and then after that period of time had ended, come here to Redland Bay, haul out and do the work. So we had Because we've been told by a lot of people that we need to spend use time- Use the boat. Use the boat, use the boat. And we'd lived on it for a long time, but we hadn't actually used it because- work and we didn't really want to because we didn't want to break it like we were worried like we were it was worried scary it. rightly so so for um we had prepped it for a month so all provision for a month we go out on our first day and then the we had a lovely sail we 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 sailed i don't even know i should have known how many nautical miles it is from where we were to morton but anyway it was a, it was like a couple hour sail we played around for a little bit anchored we went for a swim it was awesome and then the anchor chain broke. Yeah. So <laughs> that 25 knots. all turned to crap. So what we decided to do... Like the anchor chain snapped. Like it, like it didn't break. Like a link in the chain snapped, which is apparently not usual. So we'll save like the details of that story for later. But all that means is that on the first night it snapped. We then made the decision that we obviously needed to get back to safety. So instead of doing our month of cruising, we decided to just come straight here to Redland Bay, haul out and just get the work done. Because to be honest, it wasn't even that much of a disappointment. Like we were so excited to start the channel, to start the work, to start the boat project. So it was like, yeah, it was a bit disappointing that we didn't get to stay out and, you know, cruise around for a month. But also it wasn't disappointing because we get to start the boat work. So I probably would recommend to people, if you are listening to this podcast and haven't watched our most recent videos, to do that first, yes. because the next segment, we're going to be just be talking about things that had happen, has happened throughout the week. So videos one to six. So go watch them now. We'll wait <laughs> and then come back and then all of this will make sense to you. So what I want to ask, throw to you now is, can you please tell us the story about how the support punched through the whole, punched through our boat when we were getting put on the hard? Yeah. So we got, we got pulled out. We got propped up and we Emma and I were just watching, like, it was just this new thing. The boat's flying. It's out of the water. It's, it, boats don't look like they're made to be out of the water. No, it is bizarre. very intimidating. What type of lift did they use? So they used a sea lift. Apparently there's only two in the Southern Hemisphere and they're 
two local, like they're around here. Um, and it's like a big trolley that goes under. There's like the inflatable little bags that puff up and then lift you up under the bridge deck and then pull you out. So it's super, su it's, it's a much nicer and calmer way to lift out a catamaran rather than a sling around the outside. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it just, it goes underneath, lifts it up and then pulls you out. And then they put you on some sticks, basically some bits of metal that are supposed to hold you up off the ground. Which just does not make <laughs> sense not to make me. Sense. Anyway, so where they put those, they were knocking around looking for the bulkheads. You could see underneath that there was um, an area where the anti-foul had being not as good, which is clearly where it was propped previously. They were, they kind of, they were doing their thing and we were just letting them, we just had a discussion. We're like, we're not going to tell them how to do their job. Like, we don't know. Yeah. We were having the discussion as to what type of boat people we wanted to be. We were like, you know, if, if other owners were in this same situation, would they just let what we considered the professionals to do their job or would they be in there telling me exactly where they wanted the supports to be and pretty much just telling the workers what to do? We decided not to do that because we were under the assumption that they knew more than us for this particular situation. Yeah. So let them do their thing. A day later, we're sitting on the boat and we hear this massive crack and crunch and it was a bad sound. But I was kind of optimistic. I'm like, oh, what? I went down to look. So I went down one of the hulls. I thought it was like a bag that had fallen. So I picked it up and threw it on the ground again. I'm like, was that the sound? And, and I was like, nope, that definitely wasn't the sound. And it like, like it was like on cue. Like it was a comedy movie. that It happened again. And I kind of yelled out to him, hey, Em, can you go uh, quickly get off the boat and move the car? Because <laughs> the car was parked underneath the boat. So we were worried if it, if the boat decided to completely fall off its supports, it was just going to crush the car. And literally at that stage, I didn't know. And literally the two things that we own. We yeah. own our boat and our <laughs> car, and one was about to squish the other. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually very funny. But I, Because I, I didn't know what happened. I just heard a crunch, and it was definitely the sound of fiberglass cracking. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So get off the boat. I jump off the boat as well and went down and had a look. And it wasn't as bad as it sounded. It sounded really bad. But the there'd been clear water damage. Not clear. It, it, there was damage underneath the boat. was wet. And the, where they'd propped it on one of the bulkheads, the bulkhead had snapped a little bit and the, and the prop had pushed up through the hull. Not to the point where it was like cracking through and but to the point where it was squished up so that the the hull there was a, a big divot in the hull where the where the prop was which i was like okay if that goes again then the boat could unbalance and then we're in a bit of trouble. And what's really interesting, just a quick sidebar, is because all of this was happening, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't have cameras on us at the yeah. time. So we weren't able to film it because obviously we were more stressed about making sure that our boat didn't just fall off the stands. So that's why we thought this podcast was a really cool idea to yeah. be able to explain these stories because we just don't have footage of it because we were so caught up in just trying to make sure that our home wasn't completely destroyed. So going back to you. So I ran up, I was like, okay, well, there's no way we can fix this without everyone here. Luckily it was a couple of days before Christmas. Mm. Um, and luckily all the employees were still here at the boatyard. They were having their Christmas party. So I ran up and said, Hey, um, can we get a little bit of help please? Um, and then I explained, you know, one of the props is pushed up through the hull. And at first they thought I was joking. I'm pretty sure they thought I was joking. Why would you go in there and just say that? Though? Well, that I don't know. Cause I, I was really calm about it. Like I didn't want to be like, ah, come on, help me. <laughs> so I was just like, Hey guys, like, can I get a bit of hand? Like it's pushed up through the hull. And like, what do you mean? And like, yeah, like I heard a big crack and it's pushed up through the hull and they all kind of 
went white faced and they all just jumped up really quickly. I'm like, oh crap, maybe it is a big deal. Anyway, they ran down, got the lift, um, put the lift straight under the boat within like what two minutes. Yeah, they yeah. like they reacted really and, quickly. I mean, it, I don't think it was anywhere near a big of a deal as we thought because the main bulkhead where it was. Well, the bulkhead where it was was still fine. They'd, I think there might have been a repair on the bulkhead, but you could see when we pulled up the floor that it had definitely cracked the bottom and pushed up through. So, What but- our concern, though, was like obviously that wasn't as big of a deal. I was worried about the flow-on effect. Yes. If yeah. that went, was then the bridge deck going to go? Was the other hole going to go? Was all of a sudden it just going to puff into a... Yeah, like, <laughs> just explode. Into a puff <laughs> of smoke and be gone. <laughs> So they lifted us up and, and moved the prop to the main bulkhead where, where the, where the anti-foul was, you know, different and where it probably should have been in the first place. But after looking at it, there was a dodgy repair under that bulkhead. So there's, there's obviously been a repair there that wasn't good. So in an ideal situation, it would have been absolutely fine. It's just our boat wasn't ideal and it did push up through. So. And we always knew that those er- there were bad areas in yeah. the hull. So it wasn't a complete surprise to us. It was just a little bit terrifying when we didn't know what was going well, and on. And the sound was really loud. Yeah, it was And it was really, really just like cracking fiberglass. Like I want to recreate the sound for one of the videos. I reckon that'd be really cool. But anyway, no one's fault. Le- lessons learned. Be more attentive, which I, you know... Later on, when they've moved the boat again, very attentive to where it's going, how it's being propped. Very like, okay. You You're know, now that boat owner. I'm now that boat <laughs> Now I'm, I'm the annoying one that will not, you know, because I've learned. Yeah. You will not let them stop until you're 100% happy because at the end of the day, we own this boat and we're the only ones who have a vested in, an interest in it. And I can live with the mistake. If I make the mistake, yeah. I can live with it. If someone else makes I'm like, oh, well, you know, that's annoying. Like it, it's less annoying if I make the mistake because I can learn from that. So moving on, I guess, to the same sort of thing is my next kind of question is how bad is the damage to the core in the starboard bridge deck cabin? So to give people a little bit of context, for the first week of videos, we have been stripping the starboard hull, mm-hmm. um, just getting it back to pretty much bare hull so we can see all of the damage. Which involved ripping off carpet, lining, just basic Basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then putting we, a couple of holes in the Yeah, walls. so with it, after we did the basic stuff, we, we put a couple of little holes in the boat to see what the core looked like. So cutting through the fiberglass, ripping the fiberglass off and seeing what that inner core looked like. So in the starboard bridge deck cabin, which is what we're mm-hmm. calling that area, we there was a cupboard and then there were stairs going up to the bed and... We're like, all right, well, we know that that cupboard isn't going to stay, so why don't we rip that out and then we can kind of assess that area. And we were under the assumption that that area was fine. It looked pretty fine. I mean, I, I knew there was bridge deck issues. I knew – and to be fair, I'm ne- I was never under the assumption that it would be fine. It was just not really bad, mm. if that makes sense. Like, I, I didn't think it would be good. I just didn't think it would be bad. So we pulled the cupboard out and then we start um, making a cut to see the core and then behind that is just absolute Yeah, so core. where the hull, the hull where the hull comes up from the bottom up to where the bridge deck is. I don't know the correct terminology, so we'll just, just go with it. Um, but you could see there's a repair being done. Really strong, really good. And then under the cupboard in the core really bad. So a theory is that they obviously did the repair next to it so that the cupboard was there and was like, oh, well, let's just... Sorry to interrupt. Today I was down underneath and Mm. you can see where they've done the repair from the outside. And so then they've obviously been like, oh, well, the cupboard's there. Let's hope that behind there is fine. Or too hard or, yeah, like... So then what, um, then do you just want to explain to people kind of what we're worried about with like the bulkhead and things like that? Yeah. So now we're at the stage where, um, previously we, 
in the videos you would have seen we were in a different spot so we hadn't had the boat moved to our like kind of long-term spot yet um so we knew it was getting moved and we didn't want to pull out too much because we didn't want to make it structurally even worse before it got moved because that would just um there's so much smoke going over the lens <laughs> sorry <laughs> so yeah we didn't want to we didn't want to make it um you know interrupt the the structural integrity of the boat more than we had to. Mm. And we were just pulling little bits off and seeing what was what. And like, we weren't doing too much that was going to really destroy it. So we kind of pulled enough apart to go, oh, okay, that's a big job. And then we kind of left it at that. And yeah. And so we're just needing to, when we go back to it, obviously figure out where the damage starts and ends because where we, it, we've uncovered, it's right next to a bulkhead. The main bulkhead. So it's a main beam bulkhead. Um, in It's where the mast is stepped. So it's that bulkhead. Um, and we're not sure. We still don't know how much damage has occurred to that bulkhead, if any, or if there's a lot. So there's still a lot of unknowns at this point in time. And what we decided to do is we are not claiming that we know 100% what we're doing. So we're wanting to get somebody in and tell us exactly how to repair it. And, and not even exactly how to repair it, exactly what we should look out for or can't do. Or um, like what we need to do that will make it structurally sound yeah. again yeah. and we were having a discussion because we we know a lot of people who have boat building experience there's people in the yard who've had boat building experience and we're weighing up if we should pay somebody to come in who has a what's the word a um not not a surveyor oh my gosh a naval architect. Oh, right. Yep. Um, we're weighing up if we should get a naval architect in. So someone that we're paying is obviously going to tell us a lot more information and give us the yes or no go ahead. Yeah. And, and that's different to how we normally, like in our normal lives, we always ask for forgiveness, not permission. Like mm. we're always just like, you know, we can figure this out. We have the, this, this ridiculously optimistic attitude with any problem we're faced with. This is one of those ones where I'm like, uh, like we probably could, but also maybe we should just let someone tell us what to do for the structural like elements. Because at the end of the day, when we're out in the ocean, we want to be 100% certain that this boat is structural. If we end up having a family on this boat, we obviously don't want to put any lives at risk. So we need to make sure at this point in time that we're doing things correctly. And we're erring on the side of caution rather than Regret, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's really been slowing things down. But that's where at the point that we're at now is that we're just needing to bring someone in. They can say, yes, do this. No, don't do that. Give us some advice. So then we can just go ahead and start doing the repairs. Because we're at the stage now where everything in the starboard hull is essentially stripped. Like the next thing we have to do is start finding the big problem areas and then figuring start out a solution. Yeah. And I actually had a conversation with someone today about that and how we can prop up the boat in a different way to then be able to start attacking some of those areas, which is really exciting. So, And do you want to just talk to people about a moisture meter? A lot of people have been saying to us, you know, you can just use a moisture meter, right, to see where the water is. You can also just touch the side of the hull and where it's squishy, it's squishy. Like there's there's very clear areas where water has got in and it's completely rotted the balsa core. So we're a balsa core, so we're fiberglass, balsa, fiberglass. And balsa wood's... It's good because it's really, really, really light. It's bad because if water gets in, it rots very quickly and it's just useless. So the areas that we're cutting, we 100% know that there is rot there. Yeah. So we know well, that we have to repair really that. that's not really true though because we did cut a lot of areas that weren't rotten. 
but that was just for our like yeah. peace of mind and, and also fixes. it's much cooler on a youtube video for someone to see the comparison between good balsa core and rotten balsa core yeah. it's much more boring if you just literally put a moisture meter over it and then you can see okay that bit's dry that bit's wet so there is a visual representation that we also want to be showing viewers as well because it, well it's very easy if you say you know it's, it's like you said it's a comparison it's saying well this area up here should look like that area down there it doesn't why and then because because there are a lot of people watching our channel at the moment and i say a lot of people like uh, a percentage wise a lot of people are watching it and they don't know lots about boats they're not coming at it from a sailing point of view they don't care about boats as much as we do they they just want to be entertained and they maybe they know us or maybe they're friends of friends and maybe they just want to be entertained so we're i think we're going to approach the channel a little bit more along the lines of like if you, if this was a full on boat channel, we could just put a, a moisture meter on it and say, "Oh, that's bad," mm. and then only a certain amount of our audience would even understand what that means. So I think a lot of the channel will be not dumbing it down, but just really going back to basics because we need to go back to basics for starters. And, and we just always audience. want to set the premise that we like at the end of the day, we are not doing this to. Um, as a how-to, yeah. like people can obviously get knowledge from what we're doing, but we're not saying these are the steps that you should take in an ideal situation to repair a boat. Yeah, but come follow us and watch yeah. us be Gucci while we something. do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess then um, my next topic was what does the starboard hull look like now, which we've answered. It's Check. really bare hulls. Like it's- check. This is the outside of the boat is. <laughs> yeah. Go watch the videos. If you haven't seen it, go watch the videos. Because rather than us explaining, you, you can see that. Like that's all on the videos for you to watch. So I, I really love this when we're explaining stories that you can't see on the video. I think that's where, when we, when we start getting into the nitty gritty and there's really kind of conceptual stuff that we can't show. Very and I easily. think our emotions as well, explaining yeah. our emotions. Yeah. So I guess we're just going to wrap it up with two more things. So the first question, which I'm going to direct to myself is what has been the hardest thing to deal with while being on the hard? You can't ask yourself a question. Yes, I can, because then I'm going to ask you one. Oh, okay, cool. So my question to myself is what has been the hardest thing to do with on the hard? And the answer is mosquitoes. And if you just saw me looking over here in the last like five minutes, it's because there's a mosquito buzzing around and I just getting attacked. want it to come and bite me. They are driving Poor me absolutely crazy i literally was off the boat all this morning i came and last night and last night just and i've been on the boat with the doors open just sitting here completely fine didn't get bitten once i come in the first five minutes i am just still covered in bites so that is what's driving me crazy if anybody out there has any suggestions as to how i fix this problem then please let me know and so if you're watching the video of this podcast and you can see smoke coming up through the lens we've got a citronella that's candle my... and a and a mozzie coil thing going and it's it's blowing up through that's the lens. my that's my barrier we've like got a force you field. know the public toilets the public shower the having to climb up a ladder every day living all that stuff living in dirt living in sweat i can deal with all of that living literally one step away from our neighbors i can live with that too i can't live with getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and sandflies <laughs> That is the hardest thing to deal with. Last question. Josh, what have you learnt this week? I've just learnt that we shouldn't do the podcast at this time of day because the light has been slowly getting darker. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, What else have I learnt this week? I've learnt that the the boat is going to take way longer than we thought. And I'm more okay with that than I thought I'd be. I'm actually glad. I'm really excited to spend a full year of my life just getting stuck into learning everything there is to know about this boat, about how I can make this boat better, how we can make it better for us, for maybe a potential family in the future, like just how we can 
make this thing ours. Because at the end of the day, we are only ever going to be doing this once in our life. Yeah. So we need to just appreciate it for what it is, get stuck into the work, value doing it. And then at the end of the 12 months, we can be like, that was a freaking awesome experience yeah. that we had together. Otherwise, like there's people who do this every day for a job and they hate it. Mm. And it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to hate it. I don't want to. Yeah. But it's not going to, it's not going to be for the rest of our lives. No. It's only the next 12 months. So let's just get stuck into it. So, so yeah, that's, that's what that's, I've learned. And I, yeah, I've learned that we are a really good team too. Like I think that this no, is. No, sorry, only one thing that you've learned. Oh, only one thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, it was two things because of the podcast and then <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll learn that next week yes. that you're a good team. Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I hope that some of you have lasted this long. Um, we're only 30 minutes in. So that, I reckon that's nice and short. That's a short little good podcast. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening. We're going to be doing this once a week. Oh, and the other thing as well, if there's certain things that you want us to be talking about, leave it in the comment of wherever you're watching this content. Yep. Um, and then we can answer your questions in the next podcast. We'd love to be able to do that. Get some feedback, like really just um, talk to us and we can improve from here. I think after a couple of episodes, they, most of the podcast will just be questions and answers. I think we're going to be getting quite a few questions. I mean, we've already got a list of questions that have, that have come in from, you know, from people, which is quite exciting. So we will just be answering questions and just really filling you in, you know, cause we're doing videos every single day, but those videos are only five to 10 minutes. We really want to try and share this entire experience with you so that the other I don't know how many, I wish I had known how many minutes in a day. There's, there's lots of hours in a day and you're only seeing 10 minutes. So we really want to fill you in on every little thing that goes on in, in terms of a boat renovation in case you're, you're watching this or listening to this and you want to do it yourself. Mm. I think that's going to be a, such a valuable, you know, cause after a year, we're going to have 365 videos completely documenting a boat going from what it is now to a ideally a pristine, awesome, brand new, epic boat. And yeah, follow along and yeah. so you can see if that happens or not. And the biggest thing that we could ask from you guys, if you could please head to our YouTube channel and press that subscribe button, that would just yeah. mean so much to us as we're just trying to get this channel growing and we're just needing to push it out to as many people so then everyone can come and follow us along every day. And, so, and if you know somebody, if you know someone who loves boats, who is just into boat stuff, then just, just tell them about it. Just go, And you don't have to share them the link. Just go, hey, I watch this really cool YouTube channel called Sailing Uncut. So That'd be awesome. That'd be really helpful. That so, would be uh, yeah. so, so helpful. So thank you so much for listening today and we will see you tomorrow. Thanks guys. See you tomorrow. Bye.